it's Jules and Elizabeth and you're listening to a spaghetti heads mini so oh, spaghetti We're going to jump into um, some research that we found that I honestly, I felt better about my life just after reading it. Like, genuinely. I um, felt worse about my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, just about like how to overcome adversity, how to overcome hard times, some of the outcomes, you know, that can happen when you go through a struggle because there are a lot of people out there struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll kind of start, like I'll go into something I found that was kind of cool. There is a... I guess an organization, if you will, um, called Unhustle. And one of the founders of the organization, her name, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, and I'm so sorry. I think it's Melina Rigos or Regos. Either way, Um, she sounds beautiful. Either way, she sounds like an angel, and she does a lot of good for people, I feel. Uh, She calls the organization, it's like a life and business design. So it's sort of like a school of thought about how to Mm -hmm. live your life. They're kind of anti the hustle culture, which... Um, is it kind of like a think tank where other people can contribute or... Um, I don't know if, if they have additional contributors for okay. their content. Um, it's sort of like I said, it's sort of a school of thought. She, she kind of teaches and preaches on like... Well, I'll give you their little bio of their why. So yeah. like I yeah, took yeah. it straight from their website. So this is a direct quote. She said, or they said... After experiencing chronic stress on the brink of burnout, we decided to change our life and commit to simplicity, well-being, joy, and purpose with less stress and busyness. How to become stressed and, or sorry, with less stress and busyness, end quote. Um, So their purpose is kind of to how to become stress resilient, improve your well-being, and optimize your human potential so that you can operate from a new level of high performance. Um, And I think right now, especially like right now, (laughs) a lot of people being unemployed and there's a lot of stillness and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, Oh my gosh, what now? So you feel that lack of that like hustle culture and it leaves you just feeling a little paralyzed or people that are out there trying to hustle constantly for, for jobs. And then there's like the fear of regression. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going through that right now. Yeah. And, um, as weird as it is because we're all kind of staying, you know, close to homes, you know, not seeing a lot of people, right. not doing a whole lot. A lot of us aren't working. It still feels very chaotic right now, I think. Yeah. So she talks about um, finding your life's true purpose in the midst of chaos and how you can find the energy to do that. So Oh, that's of, hard. It's hard. That's hard. That motivation, like, that, that you don't have because you're not getting up every day and, like, going to work every day like you normally do or, like, in your same routine as you normally would be. Like, that motivation is completely different now. It's like, how do you create the headspace, right, to, right. like, find the purpose? Um, so she talks about – and some of these might seem kind of obvious, but I still thought they were good reminders. Um, she talks about meditation and mindfulness practices, take time for reading, do things like yoga, exercise – which we all know that I tried and failed. Um, yeah, or it was actually, really bad. We, we will on oh Thursday. I know. See, all the days and weeks are blending together. Um, so take times for take, take time for creative outlets like writing, art, that kind of thing. Proper nutrition is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then plenty of sleep. So she talks about how, and this is something I, I really should probably try meditating. I think like you should. See if I could get good at it. I don't know because this sounds exactly like me. She says that when her mind starts, this is her 
speaking on her personal experience, when her mind starts to spin out of control with the what ifs, mm-hmm. which that's me all day long. It's constantly yeah. what if this, what if that, what if that? She just meditates. So she spends as long as it takes to get herself grounded through meditation. And then, yep. and then when she's grounded, she says, what's the one most important thing I can focus on today? And that spoke volumes to me and is something that I think that like I would really benefit from. Maybe some other people would too because like my brain gets kind of all over the place with all of the worries and like she said, the what ifs. Right. Um, and then she focuses on talking about like finding your purpose through the chaos and like there's an exercise that she mentions and we'll post this, um, the questions on our Instagram as well just as a reminder, but she calls it the five whys exercise. So she says, you want to ask yourself five or you want to ask yourself why five times. It's a quick exercise to help you get to the true reason, the deep down reason that will keep the fire burning inside of you. So she gives an example. Everything. Yeah. Literally my entire <laughs> life. Um, she gives an example like of how you can kind of use this exercise to help keep you focused and grounded. Um, so say you want to exercise every day. So you say why? So you can lose five pounds. Why? So you can have more energy. Why? So you can play with your kids outside after work. Why? So, so you, you can, can fit ha- in your fucking wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that too. Um, why? So you can have a deeper relationship with your children. Why? So you can be part of their future for the, for longer and go on to change the world with them in the most amazing ways. Um, I know. So I thought that was like a really nice, easy exercise to like just keep your focus and keep you grounded in what's motivating you right now. It like forces times. you to deepen your thought behind your actions yeah absolutely um so I actually found some defense mechanisms that people naturally um I guess utilize when there are times of uncertainty um and I found these from a few different sources so and some of them probably won't pertain to everybody but these were just general thought processes that I found um so the first one was denial and then you go into like wishful thinking and then there's displacement, um, which I think can kind of lead into, like, anger and resentment. But that just might be my way of connecting emotions. Oh, I definitely could see that for myself as well. Um, and then reaction formation, uh, projection, regression, which we just talked about. And then the last one was, like, the cosmic hope of a quote-unquote meant to be. So, like, assuming that things will always end up pleasantly like you're like okay well things will get better like but then my disastrous thinking personally is like things are only going to get worse from here I just peaked like you know what I mean like that's like that's where my head goes so well and it is funny too because I try to tell myself things will get better but when I hear other people tell me that oh my god oh my god it's so frustrating isn't that weird that like I I know that I should be thinking that way and I try to tell that to myself but it's like not ever what I what I want to hear from someone else you know oh I know but, but it's like the only thing that people know how to say so well, yeah it's always going to be said to you no you're right you're absolutely it's correct. really frustrating and then I found some good information on a um, psychology today blog there were two different ones that I got some really good information from so I just wanted to mention them as a source um so searching for reasons during times of uncertainty so As a meaning-seeking species as humans, we tend to process events in terms of what they mean to us. So, like, is it good or is it bad for us? Like, is this situation going to end up being a good situation or is it going to end up just, like, ruining my life completely? 
And then, but we're, <laughs> me, but we're also like a storytelling species. So our brains have a natural um, proclivity for coherent stories. So grand narratives with an overreaching point and a satisfying end, of course. So you're going back to that, like, things will be okay. You know, after this, it'll get better. Um, and then also things must happen for a specific reason and they must have a point to them. So our brains are clearly not satisfied with randomness. Like it's almost like our, our brains and our bodies go into shock when there's a drastic change that goes on. Um, which I know personally, I have absolutely felt a few times in my life. And I think right now is just completely different. Like this is something that nobody could have imagined. I'm a very much like hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, but kind of expect the worst. Like that, no, that yeah. tends to be my outlook on life. hundred um, percent. Expect the worst, but then be pleasantly surprised when it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like weirdly well prepared for the situation. Um, you said some things though, just now that like kind of tie into something that I found as well, which I really, really love this woman. Um, I want to meet her. I want to be her patient you could be her assistant oh my god maybe she needs somebody maybe she needs somebody or maybe she just needs business and she takes my insurance i don't know um, (laughs) we'll see (laughs) her name and she's gonna kill me because i bet i'm not gonna pronounce her name right her name is i believe sheila mirgain she's a phd Uh, she's a health psychologist and she studies human behavior obviously that's what they do um and she talks about in this article i found um human behavior during hard times mm-hmm. um so she says and this is a direct quote feelings of anger depression anxiety guilt or sadness during tough times is completely normal we should never try to ignore those feelings but problems arise when we become stuck in those emotions mm-hmm. and i really love that she said that because i like that she like gave affirmation to the normal feelings and, mm-hmm. and normalized that um, but she's right. I mean, that's when the problems arrive is when you just get stuck in that. You have to, like, get through it and, and process it all. So she talks about this. Um, it's not a theory. I guess it's just like a, I don't know. It, she calls it post-traumatic growth. And this is the benefited personal growth that will come from experiencing a crisis. It's a really positive way to put that. Yeah, I mean, you you hear about post-traumatic stress disorder. I've never heard of post-traumatic growth, but I think it's a good term because she's not wrong. I mean, usually you do grow personally or benefit from hard times. There, You've got a million and one quotes by famous people dead and alive that talk about that. Right, right. So um, it's, a, it's a good way to describe that, that um, idea. And she also calls this, and I think this is a term she created called the Phoenix phenomenon. Um, you know, a Phoenix is a bird. It yeah, burns yeah, yeah. and it's reborn. I've seen ashes. Harry Potter slash yeah. read Harry Potter. I'm aware. <laughs> so she says, this is the idea that new life arises from the remains of the old way of being. And um, that also, as we you know discussed at the beginning of the episode, I think can apply to um, what's going on right now. Not to uh, minimize the pain and the sorrow but like maybe you know that is something to remember new life arising from the remains of an old way of being that hopefully we will leave in the past yeah and i'm hoping that phoenix is large and and in charge yes um so she says 70 percent of people will experience a positive psychological growth from difficult times i think it's a really good number 
I mean, I don't know. What was the number again? 70% of people will experience a positive psychological growth from difficult times. She says you can develop a deeper sense of self and purpose, a greater appreciation for life and loved ones, an increased capacity for altruism, and increased empathy and desire to act for the greater good of all. I absolutely agree with all those things. I think those are all very natural, um, positive, like, outcomes of going through a hard time mentally. Um, Sorry, I just have to interrupt you really quick. Doesn't yeah. my bun look like... It's a little bunt. Yeah. A bun. A bunt. A bunt. bunt. Okay. You can leave that in the podcast if you want to. <laughs> so, uh, the keys to success and having a positive outcome going through a traumatic situation would be you need to make sure you make meaning out of the situation. Mm. So, who am I? What matters to me? And what do I want my life to be about? And you need to focus on that. And that kind of yeah. goes back to what I was saying earlier. Um those kinds of tools that you can create your purpose and your meaning. And then you need to metabolize the traumatic event. So this goes back to the feelings. She says, set aside time to talk about your feelings with a friend or a trained professional. Cry, grieve, and allow your feelings to come to you. Do not bury them down. That is so important. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot stress that enough. No, and I am – anybody that has met me for five seconds knows, like, I'm so pro-therapy – Oh, love, for sure. I love therapy. So I highly recommend, although I know it's hard right now, people are out of work. They may no longer have health insurance. So, um, but there are a Sometimes lot of... talking to a friend, though, is therapeutic oh, yeah. in itself. Like, just having the right person to talk to that you know, like, you know, if there's something you need to talk to them about that you think might be judged, like, hopefully your friends don't judge you, but yeah, definitely talk to them and just get it out and call a family member or... Just talk about it. Find a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Go like on a the, walk. Like, was it, who was the one? Is it, was it Claire from The Bachelor on Bachelor in Paradise? She talked to the animals? I don't know. Um, Not sure. We'll find yeah, out, though. We'll find out. Uh, she says to cultivate a... We always say that, and we never do. We never follow up. We never follow up. Never follow up. <laughs> All right. Sorry, guys. Um, she says to cultivate a coping strategy. So she suggests something. I've never tried this, I don't think expressive writing she says this is more effective in mild to moderate traumatic events i love that idea but i feel like i wouldn't stop crying if i did that yeah i don't well maybe that's the point oh geez it's a coping strategy she says writing about what we've been through and the meaning we are making from the experience allows us to make sense of our experience and find the silver lining it's probably very true i think Um, that also probably helps you analyze it too because if you're when you're writing it's easier to make a pro con list (laughs) Because there's a pen in your hand. I love pro con lists. I'm all about Same. those. Um, she mentions this is my favorite thing to do uh, with coping: affirmations. I love affirmations. Another short phrases you can repeat to yourself. So one, the one she uses as an example is "Good will come of this. I am safe." It sounds very silly, but like, it no, that's works. really sweet. I yeah. mean, I was going through a really tough time at one point, <laughs> multiple times in my life. But like, <laughs> which at one which point, time? Which time? Um, yeah. And I think I wrote out like. And it was actually sad. It was, it was a low moment. And I wanted to come up with 50 affirmations. And it took me forever to come up with 50. Um, for yourself? For myself. And I did. I came up with a list of like 50 affirmations. And I posted them on my wall. And it helped. Like every day I would see them. I would read them. And like. Is it, this when you were in Atlanta? Uh, I think it started when I was in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean it. Yeah. Oh, panda, 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 no, panda. It, <laughs> no, it definitely was. It was after we got broken into. I had okay, yeah. That got broken into. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was terrified for my life all the time. So, yes, that is what I did, and it really helped. 
Um, and then think back at times when you've overcome challenges in the past and the good that came of those situations. So it's good to kind of remind yourself how resilient you are and yeah. that positive has usually come out of hard times. I felt like you came back from the break-in very, very quickly. And you maybe, maybe it looked like you came back quicker than you did. Well, I think the problem is you didn't really have a choice. You were basically well, living by yourself at that point. Yeah. And I, I think I was like weirdly, I don't, I don't think I manage the emotions of it all very well. It really is like being broken into having your home broken into is like violation. hundred well, percent. And I've still lived with like this idea, like my husband will be like, are the doors locked? And I'll be like, well, sure. But like, I always kind of half joke. I'm like, if somebody wants to get in, they're going to get in. Oh, it's our true. doors were locked. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if somebody really wants to break into your house, I'm just going to break in. I hate to say that, but it's, you know, whatever. You were just lucky that you weren't home when it happened. Like, well, that's and the, the end of the story. the scary thing about that was that I normally would have been napping during the time of day when, mm-hmm. the, break- when the break-in happened. I was my first day at mm-hmm. the Starwood Hotel's corporate office in Atlanta. My first day of work was the day that we got broken into, and I normally would have been at home taking a nap. Which, like, in itself is a life change that's oh, already well, stressful. So you just come home from that. All you want to do is decompress, and you're like, oh, neato. Well, it was, like, my first day of work, and I got a phone call from my roommate at the time, and she was like, you have to come home. There was a break-in, and it was traumatizing. Although, looking back on it, like I said, I was so blessed that I wasn't home. I was blessed right. that I had my computer in with me at work that had all my schoolwork in it in my entire life. Right. Both my roommates' computers got stolen, iPads got stolen. Like I pretty much almost everything that was of value to me was with me. Um, I had like a few other valuable things taken, but like nothing that wasn't replaceable. So right. that was like really fortunate. Um, you know, I ended up really being lucky, but it was still scary. Yeah. Um the very last thing that um Dr. Mirgain I'm probably saying it wrong. I'm so sorry. I love you. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> is She says, prioritize self-care. As a Taurus, I love self-care. Yes. So I really liked this one. Um, she says, when we do something that makes us feel good and healthy, in a healthy and constructive way, it can, pr- can improve our mindset. Wow, I can't talk right now. Taking care of ourselves can also fight the feeling of powerlessness since we have complete control of our self-care and it can increase our self-confidence. Which I really like that because the feeling of being out of control is tough. And I know that you have mentioned before, like, when you work out and take care of yourself, it helps increase your confidence. And that's such yeah. an important thing. Yeah. Um, she says, focus on new goals and dreams and create daily action steps that give you a sense of purpose when things feel out of control. Mm-hmm. I think that one is important, but you'd probably have to go through the grieving process and emotions before you can, like, do that. So remember to take care right. of those emotions first. And then it says, reach out for additional support, including friends and family or professional help if you need it. And like I said, again, 100%, louder yeah. for people in the back, therapy all day long. So another thing that's really important to remember is that like when things that are out of your control happen, I mean, even sometimes when they they are in your control, like it's not personal. Oh, yeah. So like once the like unambiguous conclusion is completely grasped of like what's going on around you then like the mystery of why bad things are happening to good people like that quote unquote like simply just evaporates so it becomes obvious that bad things happen for the same reason that anything else would happen so like the same laws of nature that underlie all causes and effects so there's nothing special about the causation of things that the humans judge as quote unquote bad the question of why bad things happen to good people can be reframed so um there there was a there's a book that's uh by rabbi kushner 
Um, it's called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. So it just talks about like um, the belief in like God's om- omnip- omnipotence. Sorry, I can't say that word very well. No, you did a um, great job. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, but like the, the question of why bad things happen to good people, um, you know, why would it not happen to good people or why simply like why does shit just happen so it's important to adopt a secular worldview which like i'm not very good at but recognizing that meaning and purpose are human attributes and that events do not have inherent purpose unless of course like if the event is caused by like an intentional human action obviously um or like the the purposeful behavior of someone else but the belief that life is random is unsettling to everyone um, and that we can't control a lot of the things that happen around us. But it can also be emotionally liberating depending on your viewpoint. So accepting the randomness frees people from excessive self-blame and in doing so also empowers them. I'm really bad about self-blame. Really bad. I'm so bad about self-blame, although when it came, when it come, has come to everything with my job right now, yeah, it's totally impersonal. Like it's oh, not, it, like, for it sure. has no reflection of me. And like, I do mm-hmm. know that. So like, I definitely don't feel like anything that's gone on with that is my fault. And I've I'm not going to mention what company I work for, but I've been very, very vocal about that to the people at the company that have had to deliver bad news that like, I appreciate everything you are doing. And, you know, thank you for handling this as best as you could because it is out of their control. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that's an important thing to remember. Cause I think a lot of people right now are feeling like, why me? You know? Right. Right. So. And it's like, why everyone? Yeah. No, I mean, truly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then I found some points on how to cope with change, but they're from three different perspectives. So I don't know if you found anything else that you want to touch on before no. I get into those. No, you can jump in. Um, so this is also from the Psychology Today blog that I found. Um, they had 11 points on how to cope with change. The first one was acknowledge that things are changing and then realize that even good change can cause stress. Oh, so yeah. just because this is, you know, a bad change <laughs> um, and some things that are happening right now are a good change. So yeah, good both things, them, both like things are stressful. About. This actually yeah. applies to a lot of things right now. So. Um, keep up your regular schedule as much as possible, which I love a good schedule. So, um, try to eat as healthy as possible. LOL. (laughs) Tacos for dinner every night. That's me. Sorry. (laughs) Um, number five, exercise. Julie, don't do it. Six, (laughs) seek support. Always. Seven, write down the positives that come from this change. So unlike number two, it says realize that even good change can cause stress. Like if it is something that's a negative change or a positive change, you should still be writing down the positives that come from the change. Yeah. Um, or at least just recognizing them. You don't have to actually physically write them down if you don't want to. And then get proactive. Number nine is vent, but do it to a, to a stopping point. Like have, before you start venting, like have an idea in mind of like where you're going to stop venting and like where that line is between oh, venting and complaining. That's, that's a really hard thing. Yeah. Boundaries with yourself. I struggle yep. with that. Um, and then number 10 is back away from social media, which like, that's really easy for me to do. I literally will deactivate my Instagram all the time. Yeah. Um, number 11, and this is the last one. It says, give yourself a break, girl, give yourself a break, take a seat, (laughs) kick back, turn on some Netflix. I know you want to have a spicy mark. Yeah. Always. Um, my clip just broke. 
from the Dollar Tree, so I don't really... I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'll fix it later. Okay. Um, so the next set of um, points that I found came from Tony Robbins. Um, you might know him as Tony Talk. He's a life coach. So um, before I get into his um, action points during uncertainty, he had some really good talking points that I wanted to bring up. So the first one was, we all want more certainty so we can break through fear and steer our lives toward destiny. Certainty is the emotion that allows us to accomplish what once seemed impossible. Our capacity to achieve, lead, and serve is expanded by it, and it is a resource we can access in a moment. At the same time, when you think about the opposite of certainty, which would be uncertainty, you may think it simply produces fear, worry, and then doubt. However, we know the emotion of uncertainty unlocks surprise and fun in our lives sometimes, and then also allows us to experience brand new feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and strategies. The paradox is we need both certainty and uncertainty, which kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Because I know it's true, but it's so frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. You got to try to embrace it, but I'm not good at that. Um, and then his points to uh, take action upon when times of uncertainty arise. Number one is create a vision. Number two is make the resolution. So take control of the situation and your reaction and your emotions, which are all three different things. Yeah. Um, number three is find reasons and purpose for wanting to achieve said resolution. And then make it part of your every day. Raise your standards. And the last one, number six, is adopt rituals or habits. It's really funny. They all seem to have things in common. A similar pattern. Which is good. Yeah. Which is really good because it's not like, oh gosh, what should I do? It's like every thing it looks like we found follows a same, a same thought. And then the next, the next one that I found was actually my favorite. This one's from happier.com, um, which is just adorable. Number one was acceptance like the other one. So just embracing uncertainty as an essential part of life and understanding that it's something that arises at times. Number two is gratitude. So focusing on the good. Number three is intentional kindness. Um, and it, it specifically said intentional kindness to others, but I think it's really important also to add in that you should be intentionally kind to yourself during oh, totally. times of uncertainty. Absolutely. Um, I'm really hard on myself. I know a lot of people that I know are very hard on themselves, so it's just important to, um, you know, make sure that you're being kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, focus on the why while persevering through the adversity. So like you said, focusing on the why, so doing maybe those five why exercises and the last one that she had was it's called self-care so underneath that category she had the the daily rituals written out so yeah you I feel like the common the commonality between all the ones that we found would definitely be like accepting that there's change right accepting yeah. that there's the times of uncertainty and then being able to like visualize what needs to be done for you to be able to cope with it and then persevere right yeah. and I think um, ask for help try to find yes. the, try to find the purpose and and what it takes to be able to do that I mean mm -hmm. those are definitely all common and ask, throughout all of our ask for, did you just say ask for help because I was I, about to say ask I, for help I did it sounds like I need help um <laughs> and then the one thing that was very common which was the last step of each one was just creating new habits for yourself which is hard um but 
I think the most important takeaway from this episode of what we've done thus far, Julie, would be self-care mentally and physically. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you need to talk to somebody, just make sure that that happens. You can DM us if you want. We're not licensed therapists, so we probably won't respond with really good messages, but we'll get your information to someone who can help you. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do for you other than just guide you to the right resources. But... Or, just, or just validate your feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. So, so um, it's just important to have a good support system. Um, hopefully you find that with us, all Yay. seven of you. Love you guys. <laughs> We're social distancing in a group smaller than 10, basically, of listeners. So that's cool. Yeah, seven. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, DM us Spaghetti Heads Podcast on Instagram. You can tweet at us at spaghetti underscore heads or send us an email at spaghettiheadspodcast.outlook.com. And this Thursday, because this releases on a Tuesday, but this Thursday, so next episode after this one is going to be a really, really fun one. So get excited. Yeah, we're definitely going to, like, we wanted this to be uplifting, but it's a little bit somber, but uh, mm-hmm. Thursday is going to be a real high energy knee slapper. Yeah, so get get ready. Maybe get a drink ready before you listen to it, but um, not if you're driving. And um, (laughs) if you have good listener stories, we're always taking them. Um, We are focusing on embarrassing moments always. So uh, email your listener stories to spaghettiheadspodcast.outlook.com and make sure the subject line says like something along the lines of like listener stories or like embarrassing moments or something like that. So, oh my God. So that we can find it um, okay. quickly. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I think that's it, Julie. I'm going to go eat some tacos. Sounds like a plan. Cheers. Cheers.